Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about the power of love and its creative expression in our lives. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello, and welcome to episode 71, Falling in Love with Clarity. Jacqueline Gallo, the CEO of Clarity and Action Consulting, a women's empowerment company on a mission to help women create lives they love. She is also a two-time best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and host of the popular Spark Your Light podcast. At age 21, Jacqueline started her business from her dorm room at Georgetown University. Today, she has spoken at over 125 corporations, conferences, and universities in seven countries. In today's show, Jacqueline shares her story of failures and successes and her journey to self-empowerment, and now how she shares her gifts with others. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest, Jacqueline. Welcome so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, I... I love the work that you're doing in the world, and I always start out the podcast talking about how you fell in love with you and your story of finding who you are and the work that you're doing into the world and pretty much what is the essence of you. Yeah, I love that question. So my story goes back to 2015, I believe, 2016. I'm starting to lose track. (laughs) I was in college and I was doing an internship in marketing. I thought this was my dream job for a big company. And after a month or two of the internship, I felt like I was at an 80 out of 100 in terms of fulfillment, joy, just really feeling like my spark was lit. And I wasn't sure if anyone could ever feel a hundred, to be honest, because growing up, most people that I was surrounded by did their jobs just to make money, to support their families. I didn't really know anyone who said, I love my job or I love my career. So I wasn't positive if the 100 was possible, but I thought it could be, and it's worth finding out if it is. So I decided that I was going to start a business. That was kind of my spark, but I didn't know what kind of business. So I would write down business ideas in a notebook every day. And I decided that before I moved back into college for my senior year, I would just pick an idea and run with it. So long story short, I had multiple ideas that failed over multiple years. So fast forward into 2018, I had a product that failed, which was a plate that encouraged healthy eating. I had an app that I tried to make a wellness app that failed three times. And I felt like I would never be successful. I felt like I should just give up. I tried to build the business. It's not working. And I felt so far from love. All I wanted was to be able to move out of my parents' house, pay my own bills and be successful, but be successful at something that I wanted to do, not just taking a job because that was my only option. But that's kind of what it felt like. And this is where I really turned to personal development. I started reading books and listening to podcasts and immersing myself in self-help because I thought, well, even if I get a job, I might as well figure out how to be happier because last time didn't go so well. And in that space, I started to feel that love again, my excitement for 
learning about how to become the best version of myself. And little by little, I would experiment with different practices and strategies and they started working. And I started expanding my possibility again. I decided that I was going to start speaking. I booked myself on a speaking tour at colleges across the country. I opened my life coaching side of my business. I created my first online course. So everything really sort of became an overnight success after years and years of failure. And my love really started before it was the success. My love started just for the work itself as I started doing it on myself. And I felt really called to share it with others. And what it's evolved into over the years is really a brand, a a resource for women to help them create lives they love. So whatever that may be for you, and it may be trying to uncover what that is and going down that journey. Some women have a really clear vision and they just want some support in bringing it to life. But my mission and and really my love in terms of my work is to help as many women as possible wake up most mornings and feel excited about the life that they get to live. So that's kind of the story of the love. I love that. And you're really talking about falling in love with your life. So you're and you're now helping other people fall in love with theirs. And it's really hard to do that without some level of personal development. Did you yourself work with the coach or um, seek that kind of professional help? Yeah. So I didn't even know what coaching was actually. And at the end of 2018, when I was in that period and I was just kind of consuming somehow magically manifestation, divine intervention, whatever you want to call it. I got an email from this nonprofit that I was connected with that helped entrepreneurs. And they said they had this opportunity to work with this renowned coach who was getting a special certification and she needed uh, some coaching hours um, for the certification. So she was taking clients at like super, super discount and it could go and I could meet with her in person. And I'm like, I think I should try this. Like I just had that nudge of like, I need some help. And just having someone to listen to me, to help me get clear on what I actually wanted because I felt so stuck and so lost was incredibly transformational. And that's why I decided to become a coach and start coaching. And throughout the years, I've continued to hire coaches. I, whenever I want to go to another level or break through something that I feel like I just can't do on my own, it's so helpful to have someone outside of you and who's not like a friend or someone who loves you and isn't going to kind of show you the truth to move you through it. So obviously I am a huge advocate for coaching and for hiring coaches and I do it myself. And I also feel that we're super self-empowered and that like, we don't need anyone outside of ourselves and a really good coach. Their job is to like help you uncover the things that are inside of you. And that's, I think a bit of a misconception maybe. So I wanted to throw that in too. Yeah, I'm really glad you pointed that out because I think a lot of people have that misconception that coaches or therapists or healers do, do it for you. And really the best kind, as you mentioned, are the ones that inspire it within you so that you can do it yourself. Because otherwise, how would you grow? I think that's like the major aspect of growing is having someone shine that light on that perspective that you are too blind to see or you're going through too much emotional pain or whatever it is that you can't see your potentiality. And I definitely wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have somebody that was able to see this is where you could go. And let me help you get there because otherwise I would just still be stuck in whatever drama, mental limitation that I had previously in a a few years ago. 
So that having a coach is everything. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I love it. So how, um, so speaking on coaching, because you empower women to live their best lives. So a lot of times I meet a lot of people in my practice that don't know what they want to do with their life. I think that's a, lo- a big question a lot of people have, yeah. especially when they're having, like, when they have a regular nine to five job, they're maybe a parent or they're just living this life that doesn't feel like it really sparks them any kind of excitement. And when I ask them, like, what do you want to do? They're like, I don't know. And I feel like a lot of people are in that space. And I feel very blessed that, you know, that I have, I've always had that little, like, I want to do this, I want to do this, but not many people have that. So how do you people, how do you help women get into that space where they're like, oh, I can actually turn my natural gifts into a career? Yeah. I think there's a few different categories of people in this that I want to address. So one category, this is like the, um, I would say the people that are deepest in the, I don't know, they may have some sort of trauma or healing work to do. It's hard to see when we're, when we're so stuck. So if you're feeling depressed, it's going to be hard to know what's my biggest dream, because that's a huge jump on the vibrational scale. So Abraham Hicks talks about the emotional guidance scale. It's essentially the scale of our emotions from our lowest emotions, our most painful ones, like desperation, depression, all the way up to our highest emotions, joy, um, pure gratitude and appreciation. And it's really difficult for anyone to jump multiple steps. And what's much easier for people is to climb. And so I've seen clients, like I have one client that I work with right now who was really stuck and she came across um, nervous system healing and she realized that her nervous system was incredibly dysregulated. And so she started working with nervous system therapists on top of life coaching. And that was huge for her because she healed what was going on inside of her body first. And then we were able to work together to then start to move through that vision. So I I like to mention that because I think that's important and someone may hear it and say, that's me. Um, You may be the next step up, which is the person who you you feel okay. You don't feel like you have any severe trauma that needs to be healed or that you're depressed, but maybe you're still on a lower level in terms of the scale, the more negative level. You don't like your day-to-day life. You want more. You just don't know what more is. There's a few steps for this person. The first thing I would do is I would lead them through a meditation or a visualization of a day in their dream life. Close your eyes, imagine from the minute you wake up in the morning, what does your day look like? Start with the small details. What does your bedroom look like? What color paints on the wall? Do you hear any sounds? Do you live in a busy city? Do you hear the buses going by? Do you hear birds chirping? Do you hear ocean waves kissing the side of your home, right? What is that like? Then you go downstairs and you do your morning routine. How much time do you have in your morning? Is it a rush to get out the door? Do you have an hour to sip your coffee? Do you journal? What do you do? Do you do you read a book? Like, what does that look like, right? Don't get so focused on, well, what's my career, right? Just start with the small details. Then as the day unfolds, imagine that you have something important on your calendar, something you're really excited about. What is it? right? Sometimes I have clients who tell me, oh my gosh, I've never thought this in my life. But in that visualization, I had a meeting with my publisher. I didn't even know I wanted to write a book. And so sometimes things will come through in this meditation that can be really powerful. Always trust whatever's coming through. But if it doesn't feel like anything comes through, that's okay too. And I'm going to address that next. So don't worry, just trust whatever it is. 
And flow with the day. I like to end the day with um, a celebratory dinner for something you've accomplished. You're really proud of. What is that? What does that look like? Usually questions like that will bring uh, things up for you that you want. So if you were the type of person that did this type of meditation and you can lead yourself through it, you could even just close your eyes and re-listen to this little part of the podcast and see if anything comes through. And you had a bunch of visions. I would say that you're probably the kind of person that in the past didn't see those visions because there was a part of you and there still probably is this part of you that was afraid that you weren't going to be able to make it happen. But I'm a mom. I have kids. I have all these things going on. This dream costs money. This dream costs time, right? Like how I don't want to set the goal and not be able to achieve it. And this is often subconscious. So you're not conscious of thinking, I'm not going to set any goals for myself because God forbid, I, I can't handle the disappointment, but that's what's going on in the background. So that's a really important thing to just bring awareness to. And awareness is enough. I always say that I don't like to make complicated. Uh, you have to do these 27 things to overcome this. Awareness is enough. Action, in spite of the fact that you feel the fear, is huge. Start there. Now, if you were the kind of person that tried to do this and like nothing came up, that's where I was when I met with my first life coach. She kept asking me my 10-year vision. I was like, I have no idea. I wanted to shut down and cry, honestly. That's how I felt. Like I've tried things. Nothing is working. I don't know what I want. I just want something to work. I don't even care what it is. Maybe some of you can relate to that. And what she asked me next was really profound and something that I have taken into my life coaching practice. And I ask a lot of my clients, and it's a question that I would really encourage you to ask yourself if you can relate. And it's, how do you want to feel? So just stop thinking about all of the accomplishments, what the day-to-day looks like, what the career looks like. How do you want to feel every day? And that was so easy for me to answer. I wanted to feel happy. I wanted to feel proud of myself. I wanted to feel accomplished and I wanted to feel fulfilled and free. Those were the things that were the main drivers for me. And she's like, okay, let's start there. And how can I just take small steps to feel each of those things? And I did each day. I took small steps towards feeling each of those things. And now I feel them all. And now, of course, there's always more and there's always more desires. And it's actually not a bad thing, contrary to popular belief. That's how we're designed as humans. And so I get to step into more and more of those desires. And that's really fun. So those are kind of the three, the two main categories. And then the second category splits off, depending on how the meditation goes for you, that I see the most often. If you can try to put yourself into one of those, I think it's a good place to start. That was such an amazing answer and so specific so thank you so much for sharing and i think that question how do you want to feel is like something i pretty much think about every day like today like what's my intention for today like how do i want to feel and writing it all writing it down in my journal writing it down in my planner like i want to feel love today or i want to feel compassion or whatever it is because that is the key. And when you're in that heart space, you also, it allows your life to change because you could be doing something for a certain amount of time and then, and then something will click and then you'll be destined to do something else. If there's so many people that shift their career at a certain point in their age, certain point in their life. And it doesn't really, um, I think allowing that flow to happen is really important. Yeah, I agree. I think there's so much pressure on you pick a career at 18 and you have to stick with it forever. Or if you have a dream and you said the goal out loud, I mean, the amount of times I've declared my goals on social media, because 
it's part of what I do, right? I want to inspire people to dream bigger. So I publicly declare my big dreams as an act of inspiration and proof of what's possible and all these things. But the amount of times I've like shared something I want to do. And then I'm like, I don't want that anymore because with new experiences, (laughs) you think you want one thing and then you learn what you actually want and it evolves and to just own it and let it evolve is so powerful. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a permission slip that a lot of people, you don't need it, but us giving it to you can maybe help you take it for yourself. Oh yeah. Like everything always changes for me. Like I want to do this and then I'm like, no, well maybe not. And I want to do this and uh, I don't know. Or you have like, like you had, had multiple failures in my business. Like I've changed my business multiple times trying to find like what the right thing is. And it could be really frustrating when you're an entrepreneur because you feel like you failed like over and over and over. And I feel like changing that mindset around failure. And it's really just like you, you went down this path, you learned some things and then you pivoted. So I, I like to think of them as I was pivoting and pivoting and pivoting. Absolutely. I agree. I always say it's like just a redirection. And I like to say it's a redirection, like a divine redirection, because was I really meant to like run a tech company? Maybe like I could have totally done it, but where my gifts and talents are that I didn't even really realize I had back then they're here, they're speaking, they're writing, they're coaching, they're serving. Right. And I'm not quite sure I would have been able to fulfill them fully running a tech company. So I always think like the pivots are usually part of this divine plan that God has for your life. And you can just allow them to flow knowing like, oh, I'm finding my purpose. I think that word is really, I'm gentle using that word because I think it's overused and people misinterpret it. But I think the meaning of like, I'm doing work that I am meant to do in the world and the pivots and the failures are just bringing me there. It's like, it's like a direct pathway to it. So like, what a blessing. That's the way I like to see it. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. And the divine redirection for me is also like your soul is leading the way, like following your heart, like allowing your soul to lead you towards your purpose, because you know, that is an over, you know, everyone's like, what's your purpose? Find your purpose. And sometimes it's not so glamorous. I feel like sometimes the, you know, when you hear that people are made to feel like I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need to, but sometimes your purpose is being a shoemaker and, and that's cool. Like, you know, I feel like there's so many ways that you can be of service in the world and it's not always this bright, shiny thing. And I also had to learn that lesson because I thought being a purpose meant being kind of famous, like being out there, talking, doing this, doing this. And at the same time, you know, the je- the woman that comes to clean my office, she's she's doing an amazing job and maybe that's her purpose to be of service. And it's not like a glamorous job, but she puts a lot of love into it and she's very attentive. So there's so many ways that we can bring love and joy into the world and it doesn't always have to look a certain way. I think a large part of that is ego and this is something I'm even working with myself, understanding that we can we all have gifts to offer even if it's not a glamorous um, job or career. Yeah, I love that. And I that's something I've really had to grapple with as my brand began to grow and as I started to work with more people and even just like my lens of life is I want like everyone in the world to be living a life they love. And it's funny because I would put my judgments on what a life that someone else loved 
on them. So it's like, if, you know, I'm, I don't know, let's say I'm uh, picking my nephew up from preschool and I see the janitor outside and I just automatically assume that he's not living a life he loves. And I think like, oh, like, how can I help this janitor? And it's like, that may be a job that he absolutely loves that supports his bills and gives him financial freedom. He loves seeing the kids every day. He deeply enjoys it. Right. And it's like, in our world, like we have all of these different roles that people are going to play. And so it's so much less about like our judgments of like, you're saying the shoemaker, like the shoemaker, like they could love shoes. I mean, I know my dad, I helped him land his dream job. He went from working like 12 hour days in a really like physically laborious job. And now he's a bus driver. He loves being a bus driver. And when I tell people that they kind of laugh because it sounds funny that that's a but truly he's, he's never been happier. And I think a big part of your dream too, is like, based on your past experiences, right? So for someone who worked 60 hour weeks in physical labor to sit on a bus with children and just get to drive all day is like so awesome. And to get paid so well for his time, he's like, wow, this is amazing, right? Compared to his past experience. So I think it's a really important message to share. And um, it's important to just remember that our job to others is not to like fix and solve everything. It's, it's to... Um, be the spreaders of love and joy in the world to every person we encounter and uh, know that that is enough. That's the way I see it. And the other thing I want to say about purpose that I think is really important that I discovered from feeling really bad whenever I wasn't working because I had programmed myself to think my purpose was in my work. I think that's backwards. And the way I reprogrammed this in my brain, because I wanted to feel good all the time, is that I decided that my purpose is just me showing up in the world with my unique energetic blueprint. And nobody is exactly like me. Nobody has the same exact energy and words and nobody can show up in the world just like me. And that's my only job, which means when I'm having dinner with my family, I'm living my purpose. When I am grocery shopping, I'm living my purpose. And when I'm working, I'm living my purpose. And this really made sense to me when I thought about my friends and their unique energetic blueprints. Like my friend Kelly, I always use her as the example because she's a nurse and it makes total sense that she's a nurse because her energetic blueprint is so kind and loving and caring and nurturing. And so of course, if I was in the hospital, I would absolutely want her to be my nurse. And she has that same energetic blueprint to her family and to her friends and to the kind cashier that's checking her out at the grocery store. And she gets to show up with that energy. And so I think it's really beautiful when we can align our career with our energetic blueprint. So if you're a shoemaker and your energetic blueprint has a lot to do with like knowing the mechanics of things and being able to like figure things out and fix things and work with your hands, right? And that's kind of the energy you bring to the world. That's amazing, right? Or if you're the janitor and your energetic blueprint is like, bringing a lot of like joy. And maybe you say you're a janitor at the preschool, you like to be around kids and you smile and you talk to them like, that's awesome. You're living it out. Right. So that's another point that I think could be helpful here for anyone who's been struggling with the purpose thing. 
Yeah, I love the energetic blueprint because it's true. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I love that idea of just stepping into your power and you're in your, you're yourself everywhere you go, no matter what you do. And I know for me, like being a healer and working with people, it's like, it doesn't really stop. Like, it's not like I go to the, it's not like I'm at Whole Foods and I'm like, oh, I'm a completely different person now. It's yeah, you everywhere you go is who you are. And I also think as an entrepreneur, you are always pretty much selling who you are with what you totally. do. So, you know, you if you are selling, like I'm selling love and joy and I'm, you know, wanting people to find more love in their life. And if I go someplace and I'm a complete a-hole, I feel like that will be a discredit to the love that I want to bring to the world, but also it's against, it's like goes against brand almost. So there's like a, there's like a practicality of it. And also just like the spiritual love side of, you know, I want, this is what I want to do, but also it looks crazy if somebody's like, Oh, you, you're preaching about love, but you're so mean right now. That doesn't really, that doesn't really match. And so I think it's important to have um, a certain level of integrity and I work, really hard to like keep my standards high so that I can bring that to others. And I think when you're that type of person in any field that you're working with and you're using your energetic blueprint, you bring so much to the table that you're unique and people are like, wow. Then that's, I think that's where the wow factor comes in. Cause people are just like, whoa, like, oh my God, like everything you do becomes magic. Mm, I love that so much. I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. Yeah. Um, so let's get a little bit into the infinite love questions. So my first question is how do you express love in your work? Mm. I express love in my work by tapping into that energy before I do anything. And this has been a practice, meaning that I've had to work at this because there's so much should in running a business, right? You should post on Instagram every day. You should, you know, do these seven things that I used to do things from a place of should, even though it was well-meaning. And I would say, how can I help people? I have to make a post. So what can I say that's going to help people versus the version of me today doesn't do things from that energy. I only show up with pure love. So if I feel inspired or yeah, just genuineness in everything I do. And so no matter what I do, no matter what I create, I know it's really genuine and authentic. And I think that there's just something about, even if I were to write the same exact words coming from a different energy, it just wouldn't land as well. So I focus on tapping into that energy um, naturally, of course, and sometimes intentionally, right? Like I have a podcast interview on my calendar. I have a client call on my calendar. I'm just going to take 30 seconds before I get on and tap into that energy. And that's been difficult for me because it's like you're running from one thing to another, right? But just to take that time to really tap into it, I think that's the way I bring the most love. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because it's true. It's like, it's a practice, like being expressing love or being in that energy requires conscious thought. Like you always have to be like, I want to bring love and I want to do this. And I think for, at least for me growing up, I never really thought about love in that way. And as until I started working with people and trying to understand how to be a more compassionate human being, because it takes practice because it's not, 
our world isn't naturally conducive to love. I mean, it is when you're like first born, like the first few months, I suppose. But at a certain point, you start the realization of the planet starts to happen. And so it's like we're swimming uphill, we're swimming upstream and climbing these hills and figuring out a way to bring more love and that requires practice. So yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So the second question is, what is or where has forgiveness brought the most love into your life? Or brought more love into your life? Mm. Yeah, that's such a good question. This is really important to me. In my relationship, my husband has taught me a lot about forgiveness because he always was the kind of person from like when we first started dating to consciously say, I forgive you. And this was not a normal practice for me. So let's say like we would disagree on something, you know, I would just kind of like let it go. Right. And it doesn't need to be said, but he would always show up with like, okay, like we, we need to like, say like that we forgive each other and like, like intentionally let this energy, uh, kind of be, and what does forgiveness mean? Forgiveness to me means that you've released whatever it is that you were frustrated about or angry about or felt hurt about and you like are basically showing up with full love to this person or to this situation, sometimes like even forgiving circumstances, right? Forgiving the COVID pandemic for ruining X, Y, or Z, right? I mean, canceled a speaking tour for me, postponed my wedding. Like sometimes I'm even showing up with forgiveness into like situations and circumstances that feel out of my control. So learning that from him, it's become really important to me to be intentional about forgiveness, uh, especially with others. And really what that does is it just helps you show up with more love, right? Because you, you intentionally show up with it. I've also done a lot of forgiveness in my personal development journey. I know like with my money mindset, uh, one of the exercises that I've done many times is writing down like financial, almost like traumas that I've experienced in my life. And then like forgiving them, whether it was an unintentional thing that someone else did, forgiving myself for something that I did, um, letting go of shame, letting go of anything like that. Uh, it's just, it's been really powerful. So I think it's a really important energy to show up with in all areas of your life. And I think it just goes back to that theme of intentionality. Yeah. Forgiveness is everything. Yeah. I would definitely agree with the self-forgiveness is also a key in everything that we spoke about, you know, even finding your purpose, like living your life. I think a lot of times we are so hard on ourselves and having that certain level of like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like I'm okay. Has been um, life changing for me. Is like forgiving someone else is kind of a more obvious situation. You're like somebody did something to me. Sure, I can forgive them, or I'm having that struggle. But that internal forgiveness, like I made a bad decision, I, I need to forgive myself, or or whatever. I feel like that's so powerful for increasing self love and being more present to who you are and allowing your true self to shine by allowing yourself to forgive yourself and accept yourself for who you are. Yeah, I agree. And I also think something that's been powerful in my journey of personal development and self-love is like, why do I even feel the need to forgive? Like, why do I even see that as a bad decision? Quote unquote, right? Because if it's really divine, like my failures, let's say, right? Like 
there were things I did that I could have not done to prevent some of these failures or that I think maybe would have had a different impact, but you just don't know what you don't know. Right. And so when I think back on those things, it's like, why am I seeing that as something that was a bad decision? Therefore I need to forgive myself for like, where's that even coming from? It's not to say we never make decisions that we maybe wish we didn't make, but even regret. I mean, I don't really fully believe in regret because I think we were meant to make that decision to learn a certain lesson because if we already knew the lesson, we wouldn't have made the decision, you know? So I think that's a really interesting way to, um, approach forgiveness. Like, why do I even feel I need it? Like, of course, give yourself it, but even like rewiring the way you think about your decisions in your past and maybe it's all perfect and maybe it's all divine and maybe there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And forgiving yourself for thinking that something was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know, it like becomes this like endless cycle of finding new ways to forgive yourself and ultimately just letting it go. So yeah. whatever it takes, I think is like important because I feel like in our healing journey, personal development journey, there's so many books and teachers and gurus and, um, people that channel like Abraham Hicks, you mentioned earlier, there's so many people. Um, and everyone has a different perspective. Yeah. And so I think it's so important to be open and learn from as many people that you can learn from take, you know, this information, this information, whatever resonates with you and move from that space. And I think that's where the major healing can happen. Because sometimes you'll listen to something and I'm like, Oh, that's great. Two years later, you're like, ah, no, not so much. Right. So you got to keep searching and digging and it's like a never ending journey and not to get stuck anywhere, you know, and just if it's not working, drop it and move on to something else. Because I've done so many different forgiveness practices and and, you know, changing your mindset. There's so many different ways of going about it. And sometimes just having that open mind and just allowing um, God to lead you. And sometimes my prayer is like, okay, I want, I want to forgive God. Like, help me find a way, show me how, and then something will pop up, a video will pop up or something will come up and I'm like, Oh, actually I needed that. So I think it's the biggest thing about healing. I think is just allowing yourself to open up to the process and allow whatever needs to happen to happen. I love that. It's really what you're saying is trusting yourself, trusting what you feel resonates, what you feel inspired to do, and just right. just go with it. Mm-hmm. So the third question is, what is the most compassionate act someone has done for you? Mm, this is easy. This is a no-brainer for me. The most compassionate act anyone has ever done for me. This is an ongoing 26, almost 27-year journey, is my parents truly putting me and my two sisters above all of their needs. It's actually not um, an act that I would encourage. It's not parenting advice. I think you should put your own needs first. Um, But growing up, my parents struggled financially and would put us above anything. The amount of years that I had everything I wanted under the Christmas tree, but my mom hadn't bought herself a new shirt in 10 years. Like that was what I watched. And I've just never seen two people sacrifice more for the life that they knew their children could have. And I feel so immensely grateful. I 
feel like part of the reason I'm doing this work in the world is to, to be able to honor the sacrifices that they made for me and truly create my dream life. Cause that's all they want. And that's the most compassionate thing in the entire world that they had so much love for us that they just wanted to, um, honor that for us. And I think we can all find that in our ancestors, you know, anyone who lives in the United States, um, you know, your family came here and they sacrificed so much to be here. And, um, I just think it's, it's really beautiful to honor that. And definitely the biggest act of compassion for me. Nice. It's beautiful. What do you love most about your life? Mm. I love that things that I used to dream of are normal for me. So I remember being in college. I interned at Sweetgreen. You probably know Sweetgreen, right? In the Bay Area. They're like these amazing salads. Yes. It's one that's about to open in Walnut Creek. I'm so excited. Amazing. Yeah. So I love them. And I found them in college because I went to Georgetown and there was Georgetown was actually their first store. So they always had like students intern and I fell in love with these salads. And when I was working there, I would get like a hundred dollars credit a month for salads. So I would eat salad all the time and I loved it. And then once my internship had ended, I was like, oh no, I'm a college student. I have no money. How am I the heck am I going to buy myself these salads? And I used to put on my vision boards, pictures of my favorite salad. And just the idea that I could buy myself this salad whenever I wanted it was for me like true utmost freedom. And I also remember trying soul cycle in college for the first time with my sorority and being like, this is so awesome. Like I want to be able to do this workout. And then I found out it was like $28 class. I'm like, never mind, I can't afford that. And now like it's a normal Thursday. If I go to soul cycle in the morning and then I grab myself a sweet green salad for lunch. And the fact that that was something that has been on my vision boards and that I dreamed about for so long, that is so normal. And is not even like a second thought of like, can I afford this is so beautiful. And I can apply that to like so many things that I wanted for so long, my relationship, my home. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful that my visions have truly come to life and we get to have that. And I just think that's so beautiful and it makes me so excited to see what's coming next. Yeah. So what is your intention for 2022 or what do you Mm -hmm. have? Like what's one thing on your vision board that you want to manifest this year? So many things I'm looking at my, I'll just tell you all my goals. There's four main goals that I have and they're right on my whiteboard, right in front of me. Um, I want to publish my third book. I want to buy myself my dream car, which is a G-Wagon. I want to grow my Instagram following to 100,000 souls. And I want to grow my business to a million dollars in revenue. So very big goals. And yeah, I'm excited about them. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. And how do you feel you receive love? Mm. by being open to it. I think it's always there. I think it's there from my clients. It's there in my marriage. It's there from my family. But sometimes we block it. And a a physical example of this, because I think that it's really helpful to see examples. I remember um, maybe like a year or two ago, 
my husband was tickling me and I hate being tickled. It's like uncomfortable. You're laughing, but it like hurts kind of, you know, like who actually likes being tickled. And I got so mad. I was like, stop tickling me. I think we were like on vacation with my entire family. And my mom was like, Jacqueline, like, if you keep saying that he's not going to tickle you anymore. And I'm like, exactly. I don't want to be tickled. And she's like, no, like, that's so sweet. Like what a beautiful act of like love. Like he wants to like touch you and make you laugh. And I was like, Oh, like that was so interesting to me that she thought that was like a sweet thing. And I'm like, you devil, why are you tickling me? <laughs> and it's just a funny example of like, I was shutting off the love and not that you have to like allow someone to tickle you if you don't want to be tickled. Just the example of like, where are you shutting off the love? Like putting up a wall in your life that you could be more open to it. I think when I set the intention of like being open to love just throughout my day, I receive it. I don't deflect the compliments. I don't deflect when someone, I mean, so many opportunities. It's like, we want to pay you more money for this thing. It's like, what? Like, you know, if I wasn't open to that, I would have probably like somehow talked myself out of it. Right. Or I'm not going to put myself out there for that. I'm too, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to turn that thing down. I'm too busy. Right. The kinds of inner voices and stories that come up because we're not open to the love. So I think it's always there. And I think when we're open to it, I mean, that's how manifestation works, right? When there's no resistance, it manifests. Totally. And my last question, where has love created a miracle in your life? Oh, I love this question. I think the biggest miracle in my life is my marriage for sure. And how has love created it? Obviously love is really present. Um, I think that my definition of a miracle would be something that seems like it's not possible or to our logical human brains, we can't see how that's going to work. And then there's some sort of divine intervention to bring that to reality. So for me, uh, I started, I, I went on a date with my husband in high school, actually. So I feel like this was like God's try number one. I believe in soulmates. So I believe that, you know, there's someone you're meant for and your soul is like searching for that person. And, uh, I believe that God stepped in and was like, okay, there's soulmates. Let's make the magic happen. And then it was like, oh, we were so young. We were so immature. Like it was so awkward. And then God's like, Hmm, I guess they're not ready. So then he like floats our souls away to like, go have other experiences. Like, okay, here are the, it's like a checklist. Like Jacqueline, you need to become all these things for your soul to be prepared for your soulmate. And Richie, the same thing. And then, you know, our souls like float away into other relationships. So we can like check all these boxes now. And then God's like, I think they're ready. So he like floats us back. (laughs) Then like uh, the same thing happened basically again, where like we were talking and like, it just didn't go anywhere. I wasn't that into it. Don't know why. And I was like, uh, I don't know about this. Like probably the like ego self-sabotage, like trying to protect me or something. So then God's like, what the heck? Like, okay, like, let's try again. So sends us apart again. And then third time they always say is the charm. It was in this case, finally, one more time. And this is where the miracle happens for me, because it's a person that I tried twice with. Like clearly it's not going to work out, right? It's not written in the stars for us. Um, and it's a person that I didn't see all the time. He was friends with my, he was cousins with my friends. So it was like, I saw him if he happened to be with his cousins and I happened to be with those friends. Right. And I had a lot of friends. So, you know, very random. 
And one day my friend texted me and said, we're going to go to the beach in New Jersey. So we live in Philly. So we go to the Jersey shore a lot just for a day trip. And do you want to come? And I had work. I was a lifeguard because I was in college. So I'm like, oh, I have work, whatever. Like, got to see if I can get someone to fill in. And my intuition was like, you should go. And I remember thinking like, I'm like 20 years old. Like, when am I going to get to just like drop work and go to the beach for the day? You know? So I was like, I'll find someone to cover for me. And I did. And I went for the day. And it just so happens that out of all the streets that my friend had picked to like hang out for the day, out of all the Jersey shore points that exist, I mean, there's dozens of towns. We just so happened to be on the street that my husband was on that day, which we didn't know. And we just run into each other. And that being there, the same place, the same time, the synchronicity to me, I would say that was like the divine love that created the miracle. That was like God's love of our souls, like knowing that like our, the soulmates meant were meant to be together. And like, he knew we were prepared. He checked those lists and he's like, this is finally working out. And we just really clicked. And he asked me on a date uh, the next week and the rest is history. We got married in October and yeah, I feel like God's love created that miracle in our life. And like, that will always be my greatest manifestation, no matter how much success and followers and all these things I have, like nothing will ever, 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 ever be better than that. So, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And how can people connect with you, find you, tell us where they can get your books, your Instagram name? Yeah. So on on Instagram, I'm Jacqueline double underscore Gallo, G-A-L-L-O. And I have like a link tree in my bio that links like my books and different things. You can check that out. And my podcast is called Spark Your Light. So if you're looking for personal development, inspiration, you like hearing my voice. People say that to me a lot. So it's kind of a weird thing. Then, uh, Thank you. Check out Spark Your Light. Um, There's also a divine thing with the voice, which is why I bring it up. Um, An act of love. Uh, When I was a kid, I like screamed a lot. I was really loud. I was really just excited about life. And I developed polyps on my vocal cords. My mom took me to the doctor and my voice got really like, it changed. Like it was one voice and then it was a completely different voice. She's like, something's wrong. Like, does she have cancer or whatever? And the doctor's like, oh, they're totally like, uh, benign. It's, it's totally fine, but, uh, it's really dangerous to remove them because her vocal cords are still developing. So you'd have to wait till she's like 18. So my parents didn't even tell me this. So I was like an adult. They were like, if you ever want to get those polyps removed, you can. And I was like, what polyps? And they're like, well, that's why your voice sounds like that. I'm like, but people love my voice. So it's so <laughs> funny. I'm like more divine love. Like I was meant to scream as a child. So I could have this voice because it has set me up to be a podcaster. So I thought yeah. that was a funny story. That is a great story. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I so appreciate your time, your love, and your energy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful. I really, really, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.